Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh, my God. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnie Brook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 35 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the uh, live post-game show following the Blues and Wild game this evening. The Blues uh, taking the Wild to the woodshed a little bit for nothing in this game. And the Huso putting on a clinic in net. Uh, This is the fully vaccinated often imitated, but never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Please check out our sponsors, manscaped.com, rockin.idlife.com, and centerizebrewery.com. They help make this show a lot easier to produce, and more importantly, they have some great products and services. So check them out. Uh, We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. This is franchise episode number 301 all the time. Number 300 is in the books on our way to number 400. Uh, and again, uh, and man, did it take a while to put 300 in the books. <laughs> and the, I, these aren't 20 minute shows we do. These are, we put out some hefty weekly blues content to the tune of an hour, hour and a half, uh, two hours longer uh, for sure. Four and a half hours. Four and a half for, uh, season uh, episode 300. A special, by far, by far our longest show ever, right? Could be one of the longest hockey podcasts ever made. <laughs> Individual that shows. That is quite possibly very true. I mean, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, how, how do you get in depth? How do you get in depth quality blues talk in a 20 minute show? How's it happen? It's hard to do. Well, I would ask how you get it in a four and a half hour show too. Cause I think we had about 40 <laughs> minutes of hockey talk. Yeah, we did. Well, we had, yeah, that's true. We had other stuff going on. Uh, we do go talking off about tangents. owls and barns and yeah, I, I don't even know what else we talked about. I, I don't remember have, you, uh, the day after you were like, Hey, remember this conversation? Nope. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I brought because I, I was uh, I went and mowed the lawn the other day, and is that a euphemism or did you actually mow the lawn? No, actually mowing the lawn. Yes, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, 
I was listening and I'm like, man, I don't remember this. I don't remember that. I don't remember this. I'm like, ooh, we uh, we had a little much to drink uh, during that episode. I had a hard time finishing. The, yeah. uh, the reading That's the last reading the last copy. Yeah, <laughs> reading the last bit of copy was like I, I'm I'm tripping over words. Uh, to interact with the show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for us uh, on the internet. If you can listen to a podcast, you can certainly search the internet. Uh, check out our Discord server, letsgoblues.com slash Discord, where you can voice or text chat with us or other Blues fans before, during, or after games. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show, smash the bell, so you'll get notifications when we do go live. Uh, no bill tonight, just Jeff and I tag teaming it. Uh, you up for this, Jeff? You uh, Did you bring your A game? Because Huso did tonight. No, I, I think I probably have bought my D minus game. Is no. that okay? That's all right. Well, you, uh, Huso's A and your D minus. I usually have my F game. So I, I think that's a step up from what I usually bring. Right. Well, I mean, you're only as strong as your weakest link. That's why we're a D minus podcast. Great point. Great point. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> announcements, you got uh, the Ponder Cup coming up this weekend, correct? Yeah, so uh, this is the last time that I'm going to hold it uh, without gloves on. But uh, here is the Ponder Cup because I, I can't hold the day of. It's like getting married. You can't see the bride before the wedding. Uh, I do not allow myself to hold this or carry this uh, without gloves on um, the day of the tournament. I have to win it first. So... Uh, yes, Ponder Cup Tournament coming up this weekend, folks. It's long anticipated. It's supposed to take place last November, but obviously the pandemic had different uh, plans for us. But uh, we are getting it in this year. Actually, going to have two this year. We'll have one later uh, at a date to be named later, probably sometime in December. Um, but um, anybody who wants to come out, Queenie Park, Midwest Sport Hockey, right there at the end of the drive. At uh, If you've ever driven down Queenie Park and the main drag there off Weedman, uh you uh yeah come on down watch some bad hockey drink some beer eat some food they got hot dogs they got pizza they got hamburgers they got fries whatever you want uh and again bad hockey we got a raffle going that's actually the the big announcement i should probably make for this show is if you would like to get in our 50 50 raffle to benefit uh be the match.org which most blues fans know what that is but it is a very very near and dear uh, uh, to my heart, uh, organization, uh, be the match.org, uh, 50, 50 raffle benefits that you can buy tickets. And we're the first year ever. We are taking tickets before the tournament as well as during. So if you are not planning on coming, you can still win. Uh, just PayPal me or Venmo me PayPal J 94 at gmail.com or Venmo at J ponder nine, four. Uh, it's uh, $6. I'm sorry. $5 gets you six tickets and so on, but it's typically a dollar a ticket. Uh, buy as many as you want. We've already had a few people, including uh, the wonderful and beautiful Miss Amy, who uh, uh, Kurt's pretty fond of as well. Um, she's already bought some tickets as well. So if you are interested, uh, go ahead and reach out to me uh, and just put in the notes, Ponder Cup or Ponder Raffle, whatever you want to say as long as you clarify that's what it's for and that way i'm not just going to see it and say oh somebody's just giving me 50 bucks this is nice uh but anyway uh yeah come on out enjoy the tournament uh hope to see some of you out there austin lynch friend of the show will be participating as well as listener leon listener jason a uh, lot of great guys who listen to the podcast will be out there as well so definitely uh look forward to seeing many of you out there 
Uh, I won't be playing this year, but uh, I will. I will stop by for a while. That's the plan. Really, that's good news. That's I've good got. News. Well, I've got. Uh, I'm coaching my daughter's softball team. She's she's a, a doubleheader that day, nine eleven o'clock, and there's a team picture day. Um, so, but after that's all said and done, I think uh, we're gonna head on over there and and, uh, and uh, hang out for a bit. So, good. We'll awesome. Check it out. We look yeah. forward to seeing you. Yeah. Let's and see it's if gonna, your, uh, maybe your daughter will be the big winner for the 50-50 again. Well, she won't be there, but but I will be there. <laughs> Amy and I will probably be there. So, okay. um, awesome. Yeah, and, and and it's gonna bother me a little bit uh, to watch and not play. I'm not gonna lie. So, well, get yourself ready because, like I said, I think no, late November or early December, I think we'll be having the second one for this year. So, uh, get ready for that. That's why I was gonna I was going to sign up this year this this time. But uh, I, I wanted to wait until my daughter's softball schedule came out because I did not. I figured that there might be a conflict, and there was. It's the busiest, <laughs> the busiest softball day of the year. So uh, it is what oh, it is. Oh boy! Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm surprised you said you're even coming at all. And I know there's a tournament out of town for a lot of uh, ice hockey players as well. So uh, again, if you're wanting to contribute to the cause, uh, Venmo, PayPal, the best way to do that. And uh, that money will go right to be the match. Uh, well, half of it will go to be the match. Other half to the winner. Andrew Tuckerson in the YouTube chat says, how to get in-depth hockey talk in a 20-minute show. 31 thoughts. I've actually, I'm a bad hockey podcaster. I've never listened to 31 thoughts. I think I, bits and pieces a couple times. Um, I can't recall how in-depth they get, don't they, I mean, don't they go off like a general topic and just talk for like a one topic for 20 minutes? I mean, I think, I think my well, comment was, was if you want to talk in depth about the blues in general in 20 minutes, how do you do that? That's a hard thing to do. Talking about the last game, talking about news, talking about uh, prospects, talk. I mean, there's just so much to cover. I mean, granted, we waste a lot of time at the beginning of the show, like we're doing right now. But right uh, now, right. But <laughs> I mean, if we if we got right into it, I mean, we're talking 40 minutes. I mean, if we just talked, boom, right, got right to it right off the bat. No ads, no 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 advertisers, no nothing, no uh, no, no no today in blues history, no blues history, no no beers the episode, no no fun other stuff. Um, it, well, I mean, let's that'd be tough. Let's be, tight. Let's be, be tight. honest too. As much as as much as we like to joke that that we sit around and and don't get into hockey talk right away, today in blues history is one of my favorite things to do on the show. Reminisce about old blues days. I mean, I think, and I would, I'm going to venture to guess some of our listeners like that as well. Today's a good one. <clears throat> Today's a really good one. And we'll get to today in blues history after we um, talk about the blues tonight um, and the playoffs and stuff. So that'll be later in the show. We moved I to the end add of the show real quick, but. Before yeah, before we uh, move on to the next thing, first of all, a couple happy birthdays I want to say. I'm turning into Jimmy the Cat Hayes here. Uh, big happy birthday to Bernie Federko. Big happy birthday to Colton Pareko and Mr. Jeremy Boyer, the wonderful blues organist. Also his birthday today. So big birthday celebrations go out. I should I should say friend of the show, Bernie Federko. So very cool. Uh, also, up oh, go ahead. No, I would say you should. That's a good point. Friend yep. of the show. Um, we also have a couple comments that I want to get to. Austin Lynch also playing in the Ponder Cup this weekend. Uh, you ain't winning the Ponder Cup this Saturday. <laughs> you definitely are not, son. So back off. I will make sure. I will not have a listener of the show win the pot, win the the cup uh, if I don't. So there's no way. So you're saying uh, it's rigged. Tyson. It's fixed. The it's fix totally fixed. It's got my name go. on it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> even though I haven't won since the first year. 
Uh, Andrew Tykeson adds, uh, perhaps another year, I'm a thousand miles away. Well, Andrew, I will tell you, typically it is held in the, uh, the, the weekend before Thanksgiving. So keep that in mind. Typical years, weekend before Thanksgiving is when we always have it, uh, just because that's a, a good time for people coming in town and all that. So uh, if you really are serious and you're interested, uh, keep that in mind for, for most years. That's when we play. Andrew Tigerson says, I'm um, just busting balls about the 31 thoughts thing. But I, the, the thing about 31 thoughts is that um, if you look at some of these sites that will rank uh, podcasts based on listens and, 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 and whatnot, or the formula they use, I'm not quite sure, but they, they will rank uh, podcasts based on popularity, generally speaking. Uh, for, for, I mean, our, ours goes up and down because we're regional, right? So, but, uh, I mean, there, there are sometimes on, I think it's chartable.com it's, every once in a while we'll, we'll on the upswing, we'll be in, you know, top 10, top 20 in the U S as far as hockey podcasts go, as far as listens, but, and, and, you know, and, and that we haven't had that in a while. Hadn't had that since, uh, was it last season? But, uh, we were probably. at a 31 thoughts there for a while. Now, now that's yeah, we were. probably a very, you know, I'm not sure how precise their rankings are but uh, it's just fun to look at uh, official beers of episode number 301 you can follow each of us on the untapped app my handle is at c price 12 jeff says j ponder 94 and bill who is not here is uh, billy blue note 33 jeff what are you drinking today tonight uh well out of my duff beer glass because I've been <laughs> quite the uh the Simpsons kick as of late. Uh I have uh I am drinking uh I mentioned it on last week's show is my second beer, four hands statewide hazy pale ale. Uh this is a limited edition beer. If you've had the citywide, it tastes very similar. It it might even be the same brew, I don't know. But this <clears throat> uh this actually benefits the Veterans Community Project. Very nice. You had that uh, last week or the week before? Yeah. Yeah, I had it on, uh, I think it was my second beer last week. Mine this week is the Sam Adams Porch Rocker, which is a lemon rattler. Seasonal beer from Sam Adams. And if you guys have uh, had it before, it's really good. I mean, if you like uh, summer beers, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I can read the back. It's a Porch Rocker. This beer was inspired by German cyclists. <laughs> it's weird uh, who mixed beer with lemon lime flavors after a tough ride so there you go nice a little, a little history with the beer uh we'll discuss clint costin's arrival in st louis um and uh the uh jake wallman uh mess with covid and the blues and wild game after this message from manscaped is there anything better than the fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day how about freshly groomed balls? Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. Talk about the ultimate utility man. Manscaped is like the Nolan Arenado of ball trimmers. It's time to keep your testes fresh and clean with the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Skin Safe Electric Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner for your balls made from soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts, Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level. It's a whole new balls game, folks, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. That's 
20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code LGB. Baseball's back. Don't let your pubes get out of whack. Uh, Jake Wallman has tested positive for COVID. Um, we got that news a couple of days ago. Um, and I was thinking, you know, cause this is really strange because he had COVID already and he, he got the vaccine. So you would think he'd be almost bulletproof to the, to COVID, but you know, and nothing's, nothing's perfect. Uh, and, and I thought after, you know, the positive test it'd be, Oh, it's a false positive. It's gotta be. And they, they apparently retested and, no, he's on the list. So that kind of sucks because he's got to, he's got to wait now uh, to come back. How's How long is it? What's the, what's the protocol? I, I think protocol. it's 10 days now. That sucks because that's going to be, that's going to be what? A good chunk into the first round. It could be depending on when the blues start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, uh, that's true. But I mean, our last game is tomorrow and uh, the first round does start on Saturday. So any point after Saturday, you know, this could, this I could. would I would expect maybe a Monday to Tuesday start. Most teams usually get a, a four or five day buffer, so I I think we'll see uh, a, a little bit. And plus, like like we'll get into, we're gonna see it, the the North Division still having games going while the other playoffs start. So yeah, that's I, that's crazy. It is, and we'll we'll get into that later. I'll I'll save my thoughts for that. Uh, but as far as Jake Wallman goes. Does that make you a little nervous? The fact that I know that we can still be carriers, but the fact that I guess if we're a carrier, we're going to test positive, but I wonder if he's showing any symptoms. Well, I mean, because if he is, that is a little concerning for me. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, Oh, if he's showing symptoms. Yeah. If I was passing yeah. on. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. They, they haven't said I, um, it, I mean, the vaccines are not, I mean, but they greatly, greatly reduce your chances of getting the vaccine, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, COVID, but it's not, I mean, even the, the, even was it 90, 97%, um, for Pfizer, whatever it is, uh, the, even I mean, there's 3% there and, uh, granted he had it before, but you can get it after you get COVID. You, I mean, it's a lot less likely. That's why I thought he'd be bulletproof after this, but you know, apparently not. Um, well, like you said, the fact that he already had it too. I mean, for me, it's yeah. like I said, I, I had it last November. I got the vaccine. So I'm like, I'm probably good for a couple of years, right? Until they no. find a way to make it a hundred percent effective. How long did, I, did he I, have probably it? Probably not. How long ago did he have it? I, I don't know. I'm not because, sure. Because, I mean, they don't know how long your, your, your immune system uh, will fight off COVID after you have it. It could be a couple months. It could be six months. It could be, they don't know yet. So that's so, somebody the 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 nurse told me when I thought I might have had it after I had my first shot that uh, he said three months. You're pretty much good. But he said the fact that that you might, which I ended up not having it again after my first shot. But he said your chances are still pretty slim that you would get it uh, after having it within a year. So I'm like, OK, so it's pretty much like definite three months. I don't want to say definite, but pretty close to definite. But then there's like a nine-month buffer, I guess, where it's like, well, you still are not very susceptible, but you might still get it. A nurse told you this? Yeah. I, I okay. I mean, I, so it wasn't a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I, not. I, I'm just but it saying, was someone more educated than me. I'm just saying that I've heard nurses say that COVID 
you know, alters your, uh, I'm sorry, the vaccine alters your DNA, which is, it does not. So, I mean, mm. I, take, take, you know, the nurses, uh, 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 opinions on uh, like cutting edge uh, information with how long you know you or your body is is kind of immune to COVID, which they don't really know. For sure. they've said this. I mean, recently they don't they don't know the. I mean, how long this stuff goes? So I don't know. Uh, yeah, she does know more about it than I do. should know more than I do. But why well, was uh, a he? But yes, he. Sorry, sexist. See, I'm sexist. Yeah, you are totally <sighs> dick. Uh, but isn't isn't the woman uh, positive test for COVID kind of par for the course of the blues this season? Because with all the, I mean, you had all these injuries, just a nonstop uh, cycle of stuff with the blues, all the injuries, the inconsistent play, um, uh, Bennington not playing up to par or as well as he probably should play most of the season. Um, and then this happens to Wallman right before the playoffs start. Um, and then Sunquest is gone for the season. Um, but it's one more thing, but I, I mean, at least it's not, I mean, well, and that stinks because Walman hasn't playing very well. So, um, a uh, couple comments before we move on to the next thing. Uh, Austin asked if I can hop on discord afterward. He has a few questions for me. And the reason I even bring that up on the show is because we have our comment of the show already from Mr. Andrew Tykeson. Uh, first of all, Austin, yes, I, that's no problem. I definitely will. But Austin, uh, he responds to Austin, and says, I'll see if I can feel this one for you. When a man and woman love each other very much, they do a special hug. And nine months later, a baby comes. <laughs> do, very nice. Do a little love. Uh, make a little dance. Pretty much get down tonight. Basically, get down tonight. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Wild and Blues tonight. Uh, coming to this game, the Blues were 4-1-1 versus Minnesota so far this season. Outscoring them 26-19 to coming in. Those numbers only got better after tonight. Can we just play Minnesota in the first round? Can that somehow happened, please? Uh, no Sammy Blay, no Vince Dunn, no Tarasenko tonight. They're sitting to get healthy and prepping for the playoffs. Um, I'm assuming if the Blues had to win this game to get in, they would have played tonight. Uh, based on the way Brubis yeah. was commenting, because they, they, he said they're they're insinuated they're probably going to play tomorrow uh, to uh, just get a game in before the playoffs start, which is good news. For those guys. Well, uh, they they also, it, it we'll get into the person who does play, but Tyler Bozak sat tonight, healthy scratch, not because of play, not because of injury, just, I mean, as much as I say it, the game's meaningless, so you might as well give your veteran a day off Just a rest, sure. Uh, Clem Costin recalled uh, and addressed tonight. I guess called, not recalled. To recall, he would have been here previous. Uh, yes. Let's count, count last season. Uh, recalled and dressed. Or he didn't. Was it, yeah, last. Yeah, last season he played. Yeah, it was uh, last season. Fresh off of his KHL uh, Gagarin Cup championship, uh, on left wing with this game with uh, Thomas at center, Hoff on a right wing. Coming into this game, uh, this was, I mean, obviously the line to look at. Um, Kairu Thomas Hoffman line uh, was broken up uh, with the additional cost, and so it was Schwartz, Shannon, Kairu, uh, the second line starting the game. Um, I mean, while we're talking about Costin, I mean, you want I mean, your thoughts on his play in this game? I, I mean, I, I thought he was um, okay. I, I, there was a couple of things yeah, I saw fine. that a couple of things I thought I saw is that I mean, he it was like, oh god, what are you doing? Uh, had a couple of chances, hit some people. Um, 
It's all right. Yeah, the, the thing I liked was was the hitting. You mentioned him hitting people. He had five hits tonight. I think he led the Blues. Um, he, uh, I thought, board play, um, you know, and, and just uh, four check. I thought he looked good. Um, yeah, maybe he didn't, he didn't, you know, impress us with a, a slick goal or even a slick move. But being able to, to have another body in there that can kind of crash around and bang and play a little bit of that Baruby style, uh, I loved it. Um, not saying I want to see him completely step in on that line for the playoffs. Uh, not even saying I want him in the lineup for game one. Uh, but uh, he looked good. And I think he is, at the very least, your solid 13th forward. You uh, you lose a game, you make a couple changes, you can throw Costin in for the playoffs. Uh, I thought he was, and again, I, I think we'll see him tomorrow night. Uh, no reason not to play him. Right. So we'll see how he does uh, in a back-to-back situation after after a uh, you know a couple travel days and then having to quarantine for a while. We'll see how he does. But uh, overall, yeah, he was he was fine. I I, I want to see more of him, and I'm, I'm excited to see him tomorrow night. Andrew Hackerson said in the YouTube chat, Costin was certainly better than Sanford. I defended Sanford <laughs> a few weeks ago. I'm done with him. He has been invisible almost every night. Costin makes his presence on the ice known on both ends. I didn't think uh, Sanford was invisible tonight. I thought he was on the puck a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I had issues with things he did in the game for sure. But I mean, he had the puck on his stick a lot tonight. I would. I mean, I get what you're saying, Andrew. I, <clears throat> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was invisible. I noticed him a lot. Although, granted, I do look for him on the ice too. <laughs> no, I do too. And and uh, uh, and, and to be honest, too, the I. Slight defense of him, I guess, uh, even though I'm not an apologist anymore. I don't like him as a center. I just don't yeah. think that's a, the right position for him. Yes, he, he's he been better this season on the defensive side of the puck with the exception of some gaffes here and there. But uh, I just don't like him up the middle of the ice. I think his best work is when he's streaking in on the boards, uh, and then he can cut to the middle, make a nice play. Not saying you can't do that as a center, but you have a lot more defensive responsibility. You're not going to be leading a rush as much. Um, and I just, I don't, I just don't think that's the right position for him. So, but having said that, I thought again, I thought Sanford was fine, no problems tonight. Um, I did. There was a couple issues. There was one play I can remember in particular where the puck kind of squirted in front. And it was him and Clifford were going at it and it like bounced off Sanford skate. Then it bounced off Clifford skate. And I was like, well, there's your, uh, there's your situation where, you know, Sanford has no awareness where the puck is and Clifford has stone hands. (laughs) So it's going to happen. The blues were killing a penalty and Sanford had the puck top of the zone and got the puck, tried to skate it out. And he had the puck stolen from him right at the blue line, and the and the wild came right back in. Just and that 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 in a nutshell is Sanford to me. He, like you said, Jeff, kind of oblivious of what's going around him. You know, not knowing necessarily where the puck is, not knowing situationally uh, who's around him for Minnesota because he gets the puck taken from him a lot uh, from behind, um, from the side. It's just like he's he has blinders on. Um, I don't I don't get it. Um, and this is how I'm yelling at him for that. Um, so. I mean, and I not to nitpick on him, but I mean, he until he proves he can consistently play uh, better than that, he's going to get nitpicked on. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, first period, uh, I thought early on in this game, Huso was, uh, you could tell he was quick, uh, oh, aggressive, yeah. solid, uh, tight. I, 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 and it's weird to say aggressive and tight at the same time, but he was aggressive, but he wasn't, and you could tell he was like, he wasn't, uh, it didn't have a lot of holes through him. He was, uh, uh, sliding across. He was keeping his, his, his arms down. He was, he was, he was looked good early. And, uh, the knock on him this season, if there is one, well, there is one, there are knocks on him, but his, his our goals against early in the, in the games, mm-hmm. which is, which is uh, a problem. It, it he's takes had. him a while. It takes him a while to get into a, a rhythm and, uh, yeah, right off the bat tonight, he was ready to go. It was like, uh, good thing too. Knew he had this start coming for weeks or something, you know. He and and yeah, like you said, uh, Minnesota, they when this game started and they just they had like five shots. If I could snap my fingers, I would. They had five shots like that, and it was just boom. I mean, they're gonna score a goal, there's no doubt in my mind at that point because they just they were common and in just and the Blues had no answer for them, and uh, they. The Blues have dominated for the most part uh, uh, Minnesota this season. Uh, Minnesota has what one one win in regulation and one win in overtime, uh-huh. and uh, and and it was uh, right away. I thought, well, this is Minnesota's game to to kind of come back and show the Blues, hey, we're we're better than you, we're higher than you in the standings, we've got a better season. And so when they came out like that, I thought, oh hell, and man, well, Huso just stood on his. I mean. That save he made, that rebound save in front, oh, uh, oh. oh that was fantastic. One I, of the best saves we've seen all season. You know, um, and Minnesota came out playing like they had a chance to catch, you know, uh, Vegas or uh, Colorado, and they did <laughs> until until the scores were kind of like <laughs> it was six nothing Colorado uh, over LA. I was like, oh, okay, there goes. There goes uh, Minnesota's chance to catch them. Uh, but, you know, um, uh, Barbashev scores after that the flurry by Minnesota early. Um, I, I think Minnesota I mean, Minnesota had the better of the play easy for the first 13 minutes. Not that the Blues played terrible, but Minnesota was like just you could tell they, they wanted this game early, and they tried to jump on the Blues early. Um, had a handful of shots. Huso was fantastic. Uh, and then Barbashev scores. Um, the Blues had a handful of shots, but not like Minnesota. Uh, and uh, so Minnesota failed to clear on a couple of chances in their own zone. Talbot, I mean, he was hugging the post. Uh, it just found a hole. It's one of those things where it, it happens. It's hard for a goalie to seal off 100% of all the available tiny little spots a puck can go in. And it, it found well, a spot. It's, it, it's the cliche of just get the puck on net. You never know what could happen. And that's yeah. exactly what Barbashev did there. He, and he, he had a chance to throw it back on net and it went in the net. Yeah, and he had nowhere else to really put it based on where he was, and it just he just shoved it on net, and it found a hole under his arm. So it was just yep one of those things. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a bad goal against Talbot, even though I think I'm sure Bill would because uh, it went through him. It was kind of a leaky thing, but my gosh, I mean, I, as a goalie, he I, I thought Talbot did what he had to do. He just I don't know, he didn't he didn't cover a hundred percent of the available space. That's hard to do. I, yeah, I had to watch the replay two or three times before I finally really saw where the puck went in. It was just, how did that get through? I mean, we've, we've said that with Bennington before, where it's like, man, he had that whole net covered. How did that puck get through? Yeah. And it was the same thing with Barbashev on that play. That's just, a again, a great play. And and how about Barbashev moving up to that top line and taking advantage early? I mean, he uh, 
he definitely had some jump tonight. Like he wants to play more in a scoring role than a shutdown role. So uh, good for him to jump on the board and and look like he belongs in that first line. Which, let's face it, I I think he does. But well, when, when Darren when... Payne asked Darren Payne asked the great question of, you know, yeah, maybe he looks great in that first line, but do you need him more on that fourth line center role? And it's like, yeah, he can do both. He's good yeah. at both. I and I. It's it's really nice to see Barbashev on the top line after seeing Sanford on the top line for a few games, which <laughs> yeah. for which pissed off Blues Nation. It's like what oh, is yeah. going on? You know the guy the guy plays like shit, and instead of getting scratched like most players would, he gets promotion to the first line. Uh, I don't, I, I didn't get that at all. I mean, all, all he's gonna do is drag down that top line. I mean, it just yeah. There's no other, there's no other outcome. Um, you mentioned Huso's fantastic save, one of the best saves we've seen this season from a Blues goalie. Um, on the rebound uh, on the slot, um, I forgot who was trying to poke it on the backhand, but Huso slides across, splits, you know, uh, on the ice, pad on the ice, gets it with the with the bottom part of the pad. Oh, and then the Blues go down the ice, get a face off, win the face off, and then Schwartz scores um, on the doorstep on a on a garbage type. Uh, a situation. Um, so how often do you see it? Huge save on one end, go down the ice, score on the other. Uh, demoralizing. I mean, it's got to be, you know, yeah. Minnesota's throwing all kinds of stuff at Huso. Nothing's going in. And then he makes a, a fantastic save, and the Blues score like 30 seconds later, a minute later, uh, down on their own end. Yep. Crazy. And and that's that's what you, you said it, demoralizing. Like, I think of it on the other end. How often have we seen that, either us playing rec league hockey or uh, uh, just in a Blues game in general, like the the Blues just have pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure and can't score a goal, and then there's a break the other way and the other team scores. And it's just, what the hell? Like the Blues have had pressure for five minutes nonstop, and they couldn't score, you know? And it, So, yeah, as a Minnesota Wild fan, that has to be – and again, this game is pretty much meaningless for the Wild, but still, you see a, you see that happen, you're just – Ah, oh, what the hell? Like that that's what it's like in the cards. Okay. We're just not gonna win the night. It's pretty obvious at this point. Um, so blues are up two nothing going into the second period. And so you're wondering how it's gonna go because I mean, as the the bugaboo with the blues has been second period blues this season. Um had a good second period. Minnesota is not a good second period team either. So so there's yeah. that. But um Krug gets his first five on five goal of the season with you know in the second to last game of the season in a shortened season nonetheless but still that's uh that's kind of funny i was waiting i think i called you know i did a random goofy production uh, maybe i don't know five or six games ago that that uh i think krug will get his first five on five goal of the season tonight didn't happen but uh, he got it tonight and uh good <laughs> because maybe people will stop you know jumping on him about his play because he has a goal uh five on five goal now second goal of the season first one's well, power play well, it's it was a beauty play too. I mean, the way that he snuck around, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Jordan Greenway that was covering him. He just he, it, it, it's an underrated play when a defenseman knows how to crash to the net. It's not, you know, a an A to B situation. It's a a, a curved line. It's I got to work around the defender to make sure that I'm open. And as a right-handed shot, he's on the right side. And he just knows if I've just got a little space where somebody can slide me a pass from behind the net, 
I can one-time it, and boom, I got a good chance. And uh, that was what I was. It, like I said, it wasn't just a, a straight line to the net. It was go around the guy, even if it's on the outside, and give myself a chance to find a way to, to get an open lane from me to the net. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, and that's that's what I hope we see more in the playoffs from Krug because that was a, a great play. Talbot almost had it. Uh, he's kind of coming across uh, the goal line and, and had a, you know, uh, hit him in the chest kind of and hit the arm and then went in. So uh, he was he was going the other way, but uh, it did go in. So assisted from O'Reilly and Perron. Uh, and then uh, Perron uh, gets his second point of the game uh, a little later in the second period. Uh, scores make it 4 nothing. Uh, a slapper from the almost the top of the circle area. A weird goal by Talbot to give up, I thought. Uh, waved at it. Uh, almost like he didn't pick it up in time. Uh, maybe should have. Kind of went by some legs. Didn't look like it hit anybody. Um, but, yeah, that was – I think uh, Minnesota fans were kind of on him for that goal especially. Um, well, probably the, f- I don't, the I don't first goal. I don't think he a one-timer. No, but, I mean, I mean, if I'm a wild fan, I'm mad that he gave that up because it was a – Oh, I agree. A, and the first goal too. Even though those kind of crappy little goals. All right, happen. let me uh, let, let me uh, actually go ahead and uh, we're going to do a little uh, little theater here, Kurt. Uh, let's say Bills here. Ask him what he thought about that goal. Uh, it's soft. I uh, you know you got to uh, as a goalie you've got to uh, expect that kind of a, a shot from Perron, who's a shooter. Um, and uh, you got to be able to pick that puck up. Uh, it's not deflected. It's from far enough out. Uh, you've got time. Uh, that was our. That was the knock on Allen when he was here. Is that uh, he had a really hard time picking pucks up through traffic from far out uh, that didn't hit people. Um, he had a hard hard time with that. And it looked like Talbot had a hard time with that one. So uh, that's a softie on him. Well, uh, I was actually wanting you to actually ask so I could impersonate Bill. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's okay. just say Kurt just asked. That's not what you asked me to do. Here's here's, here's Bill's response. Bill's response is this. It's, you really got you really got to do this, don't you? Okay, it's gonna be it better be good. <laughs> Go ahead. I uh, I, it's just a bad goal. Uh, I shades of Don Bupre. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Bill. Don Bupre. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> did he play for Minnesota? But pray. No, but Washington is Washington. I just, I just Washington? thought of, I just I thought like, of yeah, I just thought yeah. of a crappy goalie. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, he, he was a cap, um, for a while. He was. Yeah. Um, that's man, Bopre. I haven't heard that in a long time. Um, <laughs> and again, second period. Uh, Huso put on a clinic. Just, I mean, what are the shots here? Um, in the by period, let me pull them up. Uh, Minnesota had 13 shots in the first, 14 in the second. That's getting peppered. That's 27 shots through uh, two periods. That's that's a lot. You know, if they keep it up, that's and you know shots what? Goal. I I actually didn't, and I've I've been one to bitch about the Blues defense this year. I thought the Blues defense still played fairly well. It's just Minnesota just kept coming. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think um, uh, Minnesota they, they didn't give Minnesota a lot of second chances, uh, except for the one save on that Huso made. That that uh, that fantastic sprawl uh, rebound chance, but um, yeah, I I, I mean, I, Minnesota kind of had the Blues back on the heels a little bit early on in the game, but I thought the Blues kind of just kind of pushed back and and uh, especially after that Barbashev goal, uh, that kind of gave the Blues momentum and and uh, Minnesota wasn't the same after that Barbashev goal. I don't think, even though they had some shots in the second, uh, I don't they they didn't seem like they had that same jump 
that they had early on in the game. So, uh, third period, rather uneventful, I'd say. Uh, uh, no score, no goals, uh, four shots apiece. Uh, Blues just shut it down. And, you know, by this time, Minnesota knows that uh, Colorado is up 6 nothing. So this game is pointless to them. They're not gonna, it's not going to matter. They had to win both these games. Do, do they? Do you, do, you think, do you think they knew that at yeah. that point that Colorado? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, I, so? There's scores in the in the arena. Oh, sure. Yeah, on, on the board. Sure. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. guess they're paying attention. Would you look? Um, you would look. Oh, I'd be lucky. Oh, hell yeah, I'd be lucky. They know. They know. I know. Th- I know that coaches say they don't and say they tell them not to. But yeah, they They're, do. It's right. right. It's right there on the ribbon board. They they can all just look up. They they look. Yeah. Uh, I want to add uh, before we get to because I know we're, we're we're wrapping up this game here. Uh, I want. I I okay. Here's what losing to do: hire a hypnotist and have him work with Marco Scandella. Tell Marco Scandella. Every game is against the Minnesota Wild because I feel like ever since he's come here, his and not that he's bad any other night, but I just feel like he turns his game up another notch when he plays against his former team. He looked fantastic tonight. He looked fantastic in the two games against them a couple weeks ago. And and I'll add too, I know I said this thing last week, that I think to end the season, Marco Scandella has been one of the best Blues players. I think he has really stepped his game up and looked like the guy we thought we were getting last season. Again, not that he's ever really been bad, but I just think that he's one of those guys what? who has ramped. It's the worst yeah, know, trade in Armstrong's worst history. Worst trade ever. 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 Yep. Worst trade ever. Yep. Yep, definitely. Because, definitely worse than anything else we've seen. Yeah, because if you got your, your, your nose in an advanced stats book, Apparently that's what you come up with. Worst trade yeah. in Doug Armstrong's history ever. Yep. Yep. That's not true. Um, but yeah, I he's played great. But man, against Minnesota, whoo! I hope we see them in the playoffs because I think we'll see uh Marco Scandella put up a couple goals against them. He looked great. How great. I mean, this is, okay, to me this, for me personally, I, I know that that we've uh, disagreed on who we want the Blues opponent to be in the first round uh in the past few weeks. But for me, I mean, if Colorado wins tomorrow night, the Blues will play Colorado in the first round. That's of the two of Vegas and Colorado. I want Colorado. Um, so that means Vegas plays Minnesota, and Minnesota has played really well against Vegas this year. Vegas has only beat them one time. So uh, how cool would it be for the Blues to knock off Colorado? Could happen, and then. Minnesota to knock off Vegas and then blues in Minnesota in the second round that, I mean, that, that is the perfect scenario. And based on what we know now, I mean, if you want to uh, look at things through rose colored glasses, we can, the blues have outplayed Colorado in five on five this season. They've outscored them. So there's that. They got that feather in their cap. Stay out of the box. They have a legit shot to beat them. I mean, granted playoffs are different animal teams. Step it up. I get it. But we have to go by this season's stats, more or less, just to kind of get an outlook on the playoffs, and that's what we're looking at. So Colorado scares the shit out of Kurt. Me. Don't get me wrong; I'm not, I'm not Kurt. saying they're weak by any means, but I think you know, keep it five on five. That's how we won the cup in 2019. Okay, um, this is really hard for me to say. Yes. It took 301 episodes, but I'm going to finally say something, Kurt, and and clip this off. Because you'll never hear me say this again. I won't interrupt you, so there will be no background talking. You go right ahead. Kurt Price, you are correct. 
Uh, I was wrong. You were right. Uh, you are attractive. I am not attractive. I'm trying to quote Billy or Happy Gilmore, but I can't remember the exact quote. <laughs> but you remember what I'm talking about? He says yeah. it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I uh, no. You are attractive. I, 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 I am not as good looking. Something like that. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, all right. I'm just happy you're willing to admit that. <laughs> that's what he says. But anyway, I uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, I still think the Blues can take Vegas. But looking at after this weekend series, uh, you and Bill were probably right. I think Colorado is the right choice. <sighs> If, I mean, if we were to have either one or the other, the lesser of the two evils for the Blues, the Blues, Blues do match up, do seem to match up better against the Colorado Avalanche. The lesser of two weevils. You got to get the quote right. True. Yes. <laughs> Is that a far side comic? The lesser of two weevils? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, well, um, I don't want to toot my own, my own horn too much, but. Um, I also want to say it was a couple shows ago that, uh, two or three shows ago, I said, don't worry, we're in. I think I remember saying that. And, and, uh, I was, so I was right about that too. And yeah, I think you said yeah. after next game, if they win next game, then you're on board with it. But, uh, I was like, Oh, stop it. We're in, we're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. All right. Here's, here's the full quote. And, and this is what you'll probably want to want to clip off here. Okay. All right. All right, Kirk Price, I'm stupid, you're smart. I was wrong, you were right. You're the best, I'm the worst. You're very good-looking, I'm not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I think you covered all the bases. We're good. There we go. End scene. <laughs> uh, we will discuss uh, playoffs some more, but uh, first a message from our friends at ID Life. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Put that energy drink down. Don't you know that common energy drinks contain high levels of caffeine and other harmful ingredients that can lead to increased blood pressure and heart rhythm disturbances? Finding that energy you need for everyday activities doesn't need to put your health at risk. ID Life's energy formula doesn't use artificial ingredients or a massive dose of caffeine. Energy's caffeine levels are released slowly over time, allowing for longer periods of energy without crash, not to mention keeping your heart safe. Energy also includes neurotransmitters for mood, focus, memory, and cognitive function. ID Life also added antioxidants associated with brain health for no reason besides perfection. With rockin'thatidlife.com, you can get an energy boost and leave the heart risk behind. Text Dustin at 636-393-8745 or visit rockin'thatidlife.com and throw those gas station energy drinks in the garbage. That's 636-393-8745 and rockin'thatidlife.com and tell Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Andrew Takasin in the YouTube chat says, Bennington was really just paraphrasing Kurt Price when he said, we're coming. Um, That's true. I, I I think he actually said something about um um how his favorite podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio, under his breath during one of his interviews. It's <laughs> right. my favorite podcast. Let's go through it. Yeah, you you can barely make it out. If you turn the volume up and clean it up a little bit with some post production, you know, software, you can you can make it out. Yep, uh, agree. He, mumb he mumbles. He does. Um, and uh, he also said the biggest thing tonight was that the Blues held it together in the second period and maintained the better the play. Uh, I agree. Uh, and I, I think uh, also the, the Blues got a boost from Barbashev's goal uh, combo probably of uh, Minnesota, you know, uh, getting the wind, take, uh, the, the, taking out their sails a little bit. 
Um, and the Blues played well. Uh, congrats to the Blues. Congrats to Huso for the shutout, his first NHL shutout, uh, and the Blues' first shutout of the season. Uh, and and so a well-deserved shutout. Oh, you know, he, he, earned, he earned it. Yeah. You think you think of shutouts in the past, like you know, I remember Martin Brodeur's shutout here. Like he faced what thirteen shots in that game, and none were really challenges. The Blues played that tight defensive game. And again, I thought the Blues defense played great tonight. But Bennington, I'm sorry, uh, Huso had to still come up huge at times, and he did. He answered the bell, and he looked fantastic all night. So congrats to him. Uh, rooting for that guy. Love the way he plays the game. Seems like he has a lot of passion for the game, too. So uh, good job, Billy Huso. Probably the best goaltending performance the Blues have had this season, not just because of a shutout, but, I mean, he, he like you said, he, eh. earned, he earned it. He earned this. There the were, Bennington were, 50 save game was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. But, I mean, they could have had four or five goals tonight. I mean, on him. Yeah, they could have. I mean, likewise yep. with Bennington. Um, he, I, he, it was, and I, if he doesn't make those saves early, they might not win this game. Who knows, right? So, good game. Oh, I agree completely. I think, I think if he gives up one or two goals there at the start, which easily could have happened, uh, I don't think the Blues have an answer. I think. Minnesota keeps going, and and maybe the Blues get one by the end of the first, but it's a completely different ball game. Uh, Andrew Tyson, game. Uh, one balls game, right? One more, one more comment from him. Uh, we we should mention this one earlier, but he says, "My drink of the episode is a celebratory Crown and Coke, celebrating both the Blues' first shutout of the season and Krug's first five-on-five goal since donning the note." So yes, uh, I don't have beer in my glass anymore, but cheers to that. Uh, I'm trying to picture, take a picture of my dog. There he is. Okay. He's watching me. Oh, is Dexter in the room? Dexter's in the room. Yeah, he walked oh, in. Oh, man, he was, I miss Dexter. He's just watching me. Yeah. You, you know you know when a great Pyrenees is watching you. You can feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're monster dogs, to they be are. sure. Monster babies, too. Uh, uh, so, also, while we talk about shutouts, before we move on, I want to say uh, – First shutout for uh, almost had the first season without a shutout for the Blues since then. We did fact check this. Was it 86 87, Kurt? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we had uh, friends of the show, uh, well, friend of the show, Greg Millen and Rick Wamsley were the goalies that season. So, and actually, I looked up the stats. They still had pretty decent stats for the era, just never really got a shutout. Wamsley was my first favorite goalie, he was good. Yeah. I like the way he played. Yeah. Uh, playoff start. Uh, we discussed this on uh, Saturday, May 15th, just a few days away. Um, but the uh, North Division doesn't start their season uh, until the ninth. Uh, doesn't finish their season until the 19th because of the extended schedule due to COVID. So this COVID-related stuff. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I've seen a lot of, I guess, kind of hot takes from people on, you know, oh, they should just tell them not to play the rest of the season or they should postpone the playoffs till the regular season is done for all divisions. What are your thoughts? They should finish the season. I mean, it, it, okay. I think just because they would any other season, they'd finish it. I know this is a different season than most, but they should finish the season. They, they kind of, that's, that's a thing. They, that, they have to finish the season. Um, It'd be weird to me if they didn't. I can't. I don't have a good reason why it'd be weird. I suppose like they should. Um, does it does it factor in at all to you the fact that they the two teams that will be playing still uh, are not playoff teams? 
Like Van, it's I think it's Vancouver and Calgary. I yeah. could be wrong on that. I think you're right. But I I mean, I understand the thought of well, just just scratch the games and whatever. But, you know, I mean I can't think of a good reason why I don't like that. I just don't. I just think every team should play the same amount of games and you know what? Uh delay it until until the uh, delay the playoffs until the season's over. I, I don't know. I, I understand want to get them going. I get that. But you're going to cause a problem later because if, if other divisions start on the 15th and uh, the North doesn't start until probably the day, they may have playoff games the day of the last game you know, on the 19th. They probably will. They'll probably have their first playoff games on the 19th. But so that's four days after the rest of the league starts. That's a few days longer than it should be. Um, and I think they could run into problems later uh, when teams are waiting for other teams to finish their series before they play them, maybe. Uh, sometimes it's a long break anyway, and add a few more days to it. It could happen where a team might not might be sitting for 10, 11 days, uh, depending on how series work out and things. So I don't know. Well, uh, I... I, I I wish I had a good answer as to why I think that teams should play the same amount of games. I mean, something about, you know, the storybooks and records and team records and things, it's just got to all be, you know, full seasons. All the teams every year play the same amount of games. To me. Well, okay. And, and listen, we, we, uh, we pretty much agree here. Uh, first of all, I'm hundred percent in agreement. They, they should play all 56 games. I don't, I don't care that, they're, that Vancouver's out of the playoffs, that Calgary's out of the playoffs. I don't care. Uh, there's a lot tied into every single NHL game. First of all, uh, you have a Vegas crew. Let's not even talk about the players or the coaches or the training staff. Let's talk about the TV crew that is going to work in, in – I, I think I said Vegas. I meant Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, Vancouver, uh, and then you know you got your uh, your your people who who clean the ice. That's another day that they get paid. Uh, they're paid. Those those people are mostly played game. Sorry, paid game by game. So not only are you helping people still work their jobs, you've got bonuses tied into the season. Yes, it's a shorter season anyway, but still, there could be a player who if he hits a certain amount of points gets a bonus by the end of the year. Uh, you know, coaching records, everything. I, I don't see why people have a problem with them finishing out the season. I, yes, there's not fans in the building. I get that. And that's been a lot of people's complaint. Well, they don't have fans in the building. Why does it matter? It does matter. You know, you're telling me Canucks fans still don't want to see their team finish out the season. If the blues were out of the playoffs at this point and they were just like, you know what? Blues aren't going to play the last four games of the season. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, well, why not? I want to see my team play still. Let's let's get some rookies in there and see what they got. Like, let's use this time to evaluate some guys. And not getting that, if the NHL just said, nope, you're not going to play those games, I think that'd be bullshit. How is this different than any other season, too? I mean, I, I, okay, so Brian Roberts says, if I'm a player for those two teams, I'm playing at 25%. I'm not risking injury for a game that means less than preseason games. So how is that any different? How is this season any different than any other season where teams are way out of it? They got three or four or five games left or whatever. They still have to play those games. This this season's not any different. They don't cancel games 
in other seasons, but when teams are way out of it, no chance, and it means nothing, you know, between each other. What about they, they... when the Sabres were eliminated like four weeks ago? <laughs> is it is it like, oh, okay, well, uh, Sabres, you just don't have to play anymore. No, that's not how it works. If they had the goal plan in place, they could, uh, <laughs> you know, they'd be, they, be battling. There, there would be stuff to play for after you are be. officially eliminated. No, so. I, uh, it, that, that's the, that, I don't know. I, I, that's one aspect for me where I, I just, I agree with you, Kurt, 100%. No, I will say, I actually don't have a problem with them starting the playoffs early. Uh, it's a weekend. They want to get some weekend games in. Fans, are, uh, at least in America, are able to start coming into the, the, the stands. Uh, they want to get these games started. You know, you, you've already got Boston. I think Boston's done, right, at this point. Uh, I think Washington might be done as well. So they've already got their break in right now. Why the, give them another 12, 13 yeah, the, days? The entire East is done. Yeah. So you might as well just let them, you know, go ahead and get started. Um, I know that that you're talking, like you said, maybe you've got some unevenness coming in the second and third rounds. But I think they settle this up by the second round. I think, I think they say, okay, you know, let's say Washington wins their series. And, and uh, uh, let's say... Uh, uh, who who is who's another team going to the playoffs in the East? Uh, Washington and uh, Boston, Pittsburgh. Hmm. No, let's say Pittsburgh. Right. Let's say Washington and Pittsburgh win their series, and it's like, well, the North Division, uh, they're in Game Four, and it's a tie series. I think they'd still be like, you know what? We can give them another three days off just to be safe, so we can just start everything up in the second round. I I think the NHL will settle it up pretty quick. That doesn't bother me either. I think go ahead and get the playoffs started. Let these teams get into their playoff modes. And then, you know, if, if you have to with the Canadian division, since they're all playing each other for the first two rounds anyway, you could probably throw in some back-to-backs and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Because they don't have fans anyway. Uh, AC Generator says the draft seating matters, but no reason the Maple Division <laughs> can't start the playoffs earlier than those games. That'd be interesting too, is to see the playoffs for the, the uh, North start before the uh, regular season's over. Yeah, they could, they could do that. They could do that. I don't have a problem with that. You know, it, it'd be weird. Um, but you know, I mean, it's weird times right now. So I, I, I'd be, I'd be, I, that's fine. I mean, as long as they get the games in, that's. That's, that's that's what matters yep. to me. Um, uh, the uh, some so some COVID related stuff. Uh, the NHL and the NHL Players Association announced Saturday that protocols would be relaxed in the uh, in the playoffs for teams with eighty five percent of the traveling party fully vaccinated. So by protocols meaning who players can interact with and stuff like that. So uh, that's interesting. And uh, I guess that's the you know, progress, right? I guess if they think that's that's uh, safe and good, then we can do that. The NHL has applied. I, I tell ahead. you what, Robin Lehner is happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I wouldn't have got the vaccine if I. But but you, just for your own benefit, though. Just get the vaccine, dude. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. The NHL has applied for a national interest exemption with the Public Health Agency of Canada and the federal government of Canada that would allow United States-based teams to cross the border into Canada and Canada-based teams to return to the United States without quarantining. And this would, of course, be necessary starting in the third round of the playoffs. 
if they aren't able to get this exemption, then it's up in the air right now. Uh, but look for third-party neutral sites somewhere in the USA to host the Canadian team that comes out of the Northern Division. So uh, if basically uh, if uh, they're going to waive the quarantine rules, if they're still in effect for the third round, uh, if they won't waive them, then uh, whoever is uh, comes out of the North Division will be playing out of a neutral site here in the U.S. somewhere, which will be crazy and will probably piss off all of Canada. Well, too bad. Uh, that's that's <laughs> your government at work. Um, no, I, I, you know, what I, I think they could easily do is why not just say, again, let's say it's, uh, let's just say it's Washington and Toronto in the third round. Why not just say, okay. And if they have to go this route where they have a neutral site in the U S why not just say, okay, the two, the two capitals games, we will allow in fans, the capital home games, but the two Maple Leaf home games we're still going to have it in Washington, but we're not going to allow fans in because that would give the, the Maple Leafs the ability to basically still have the home ice advantage. You think they would do that? Uh, I don't think so because I know it... that Washington would want that playoff revenue. But, I mean, I'm just saying I think that would be a very easy well, solution to this. I don't uh, – that would be interesting. I don't – with the Eastern teams being so close to each other, I don't think it's a big deal to have them somewhere else, but I guess it, I guess it would. Uh, I mean, and, why not? You've already got the rink made up. You've already got everything in place for TV broadcast. Well, just so do just say, hey, cities when, Toronto's, when Toronto's the home team, no fans. I don't know. Yeah, that's, but then, that's but, my thought on it. But then you're going to change the logo at center? You're going to change all that stuff too? I mean... No, I don't think I don't think that matters. I, I think I think I think if the if a team if a Canadian team comes down here to play and, and is and, and a US team is a US city is hosting that Canadian team, that city is not gonna have a team in the playoffs. I think it would be that that way they can they can change out the, the colors, the logos on the ice and everything. Uh for and, Well then Canadian teams could just play in Buffalo for the next twenty years. Well, but but because they're terrible, but they'd have to put <laughs> Canadian ads on the ice too, and on the yeah, boards too. I don't know. I guess so. I mean, because that's. I mean, that would make sense because so you're saying like uh, you could have like the New York Rangers, like Madison Square Garden, could be Toronto's home site for the third round. Sure, hmm. I think so. I, I that, that and that, I mean they could do something different, but I think that would be. That'd be a fair way to do it. Just treat that as your home rank for however long you're there. It might just be, it might be just be two games. Who knows? But uh, I think, I think you'd probably have to put Canadian ads on the boards. You have to put on the, you know, on the ice. Um, Who, I don't know. Could you imagine let, uh, and again, just using Toronto as an example, let's say they, they do Buffalo. They say, all right, Toronto, your home, home arena is going to be in Buffalo. And they painted a Maple Leafs logo at center ice. <laughs> Imagine how pissed off Sabres fans would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be, I, you know what? And I've said on the show before, I love uh, chaos and uh, anarchy. Yep. So let's do it for the, just for the, love it. just for the uh, pissed off people on message boards so you can, oh my God. Um. So um, did we 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 covered we talked about Colorado controlling their own destiny if they beat LA uh, they beat LA tonight if they beat them uh, tomorrow tomorrow they finish first. Um, do you pick against Colorado? 
tomorrow? No, I I'm I'm saying Colorado win yeah. it. Let's face them in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I'm not saying who you want. I'm saying who, who wins. I mean, you got to pick Colorado. Oh, if I'm if I'm, pick, put, if I'm putting money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Who picks, who picks and, LA? And, who picks LA? Yeah. And we, LA. we were talking a little bit before the show that maybe there's some Avalanche players saying I'd rather face Minnesota than than face the Blues. Not saying they're not gonna they're gonna go out and lay egg on purpose, but. There might be a little bit of that in the back of their mind, but but Kurt, you I'll go ahead and let you say it. The point you brought, the counterpoint to what I said about that. My counterpoint Do you would be remember? What? No. Your counterpoint about uh how Minnesota has beat up on Vegas. Oh, right. Right, exactly. Minnesota has uh Vegas has only beat Minnesota one time this season. So uh I I, I would I would I think uh uh Vegas Colorado would probably that's incentive that's that's a perfect storm for us for uh us to for me for us to play colorado and then for vegas to play minnesota and then if we can knock off colorado and minnesota if 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 the trend continues where they've owned vegas and they advance to the second round that is a perfect storm for st louis to then play minnesota who we've owned this season i mean that the the path for the blues uh, to uh, come out of the Honda West is not crazy. If that if if Colorado wins tomorrow, the path for the Blues to win the West is not crazy, based on what could happen. I mean, actually happen. Yep. Uh, uh, to quote Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec, if that all happens, that's a win, 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 win. Yeah, and all of a sudden we're in the uh, conference final, whatever the conference is. Who knows who we're playing? There's no conferences right now. We don't even I know. Really wonder, we don't even know who we're playing. I really, which I mean, you would think it would be determined, right? Who we're, which I wonder, we're I play? wonder if it's going to be. Let's see what teams come out of it, and if it's you know, if it's a, if it's let's say it's Edmonton. Okay, you're going to play the West team, and if it's uh, if it's Toronto, well, you're going to play the North team. But then again. You could have, let's just say, St. Louis, uh, Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Then what do you do? That's three Eastern Conference teams. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they do, but I wonder if that's what they're doing. They're waiting to see, well, can we still line this up by conference when there's four teams left? Andrew Tykeson says, logistically speaking, to paint a different logo on the surface below the ice, it takes three days. Melt the ice, dry the surface, paint, dry the surface, layer new ice. Maybe I haven't really thought about exactly how long it takes. They do that. I don't. I don't think that takes that long. I think they can put a new. uh, Actually, to be honest, I know they paint underneath the ice, but I've also seen them bring in sheets to put down to underneath the ice. Like it's not painted. It's it's just a, a material that they roll out. So there's that too. Um, just get a giant fat head. Just lay right there at side. That's, that's all you need. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Maybe something to do with the uh, the ice and how it uh, adheres to the paint as opposed to uh, some vinyl or whatever they put down. Um, that's I, yeah, three days. I maybe I, I haven't I have not researched the exact turnaround. I thought it was faster than that, but I could be wrong. Uh, but that is something to consider. But three days isn't that Didn't long because because honestly, some... they, they would they would give them a good. They'd have a couple weeks' notice for all this stuff because the, the, if they would play in a city that doesn't have a team in the playoffs, they'd have plenty of time. This is not going to be a thing until the third round of the playoffs anyway. So, 
Seriously, though, I I, I think we used to I, – I could be completely making this up. Didn't we used to have somebody who was part of the Blues Ice crew that used to listen to this show uh, back in the day? I don't know if they still do. If that person does, you probably know. So let us I, know. We'd love to know how long it takes in case I know so, uh, I know some, Andrew's incorrect. I know somebody who probably would know. Uh, if, Chris Bray okay. is, if Chris Bray is listening, uh, chime in because he listens to the show from time to time. Uh, he used to work for the Blues, and he, he worked at, at uh, Scott Trade at the time, I believe. Um, so, uh, he works with the, in the media department. So I think he, I think he would probably know. So he, he was, he was actually the, the friend of mine that, uh, uh, stood in for Barrett Jackman in the team photo one year when Jackman wasn't there. So oh, yeah. my, my buddy stood in for Jackman in the team photo and they Photoshopped Jackman's head on top of my friend's head for, for their printed photo. And if you notice that, uh, Jackman that year, his body type looks a little different than <laughs> his actual <laughs> body looks. So that's, that's pretty funny. Um, Money Puck has the Blues at 0.1% chance to win the Cup. It seems extreme to me. I mean, 0.1%, uh, but this would obviously shoot up big time if the Blues would happen to knock off Colorado, uh, assuming they, or whoever they play in the first round. Um, I, I think it shoots up depending on how much how the west changes if if we see colorado go to the top i can see the blues going up to maybe at least a point three or point four right now i think you look at the season record and they say well the blues are going to get stomped that's just not how it's going to happen yeah well that's what they that's what money puck goes by money puck goes by formulas so that that's a huge part of it um and it's still point one yeah and it's the lowest that's the worst percentage out of all playoff teams uh, Winnipeg yep. is 0.4. Montreal is 1.2. Uh, Nash was 1.8. Minnesota is 2.9, which is crazy because the Blues have owned Minnesota, owned Minnesota this season, and they have to go but again, through you, you Colorado or Vegas too. I was going to say you mentioned the formulas. The Blues have dominated Minnesota, but the Blues likely don't see Minnesota. Right. right. Likely the Blues will see Colorado and Vegas. Right, but if Minnesota plays Vegas in the first round, I'd be curious to see if their Stanley Cup uh, percentage goes up quite a bit since they have I bet, played very I bet, well. I bet St. Louis and Minnesota chances both go up if Colorado takes number one. So 2.9% Minnesota right now. So we'll see what it is after tomorrow's game for Minnesota. I'm curious. We'll buy curious. <laughs> uh so a twenty dollar bet we all uh, yeah, aren't we all a a twenty dollar bet on the blues uh if you look at the playoff odds uh which is different than the money puck percentage of winning the cup a twenty dollar bet on the blues right now i think would be something like seven hundred dollars in winnings if the blues won the cup so it's a fun little gamble 20 bucks do you, you guys have betting do you have sports betting in illinois uh we, we have a racetrack in illinois yeah a horse track yeah we so do. you do, yeah. Pretty sure, because yeah, we. I'm pretty sure we still don't have it here in Missouri. I'm not, but you can, you can go online and do it uh, if you want. Right? But I'm blocked from doing it in Missouri. There are VPNs you could use. Well, yeah, but legally, legal wise. So come to Illinois, place the bet, and then go back to Missouri. I'll come. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna come to your. Actually, I literally could walk. To Illinois from where I live. So maybe I'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I I I made uh, a nice little uh, chunk of change. Not a, not a lot of money, but you know, I I bet on the f- a finals a few times last season and on games I had hunches on, and I I won uh, a nice little. And I I bought that cup in the corner over there with it, so that was pretty fun. Um, so uh, up next on the show we'll have today in blues history and our rapid fire hockey tidbits after this message from our good friends at Center Ice Brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. Andrew uh, Tyson made a good point, and AC Generator followed up with another good point. I don't know why I didn't think of it. That uh, after the uh, after the divisions are decided, the winners, uh, it's it probably one versus four and two versus three. You know, reseed. You know, best record versus worst record, second best versus third best. Like they. That's what they. That's is that official though? I don't think so, but I think that's that makes sense to me. I think that's what they're planning right now, and I think that's what we've seen for most people, but it's not official. Right, and I don't think they want to say that because based on they want to have their options open in case COVID screws something up or if travel is an issue, you know, keeping teams closer together if they can. So I get that aspect of it, but what they said is is makes complete sense, and if everything's fine travel-wise for the most part, then that's what's going to happen, I would imagine. Hmm. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, May 12th, 1986. These are, this is a good series of uh, Today in May Blues History. May 12th, 1986. That, that date sounds really like something Blues fans should know what that is. Well, uh, I'll tell you. It is uh, 35 years oh, ago yeah. today. It's not just the anniversary. It's 35 years. So it's like a, I don't know, it's arbitrary nice number, 35 years. Uh the Monday Night Miracle. I believe I believe that's the uh, the cardboard anniversary. <laughs> Actually, it's it's after midnight, so it's yesterday. It's no longer today in Blues history. Oh. Damn it! Um, <laughs> still, it's when the show starts. That's when it counts. Uh, Thirty-five years ago today, the Monday Night Miracle happened. Up until 2019, this was considered by many uh, Blues fans to be the greatest Blues game of all time. Probably still is by a lot of fans. Uh, Doug Wickenheiser scores in overtime of game six versus the Calgary Flames, completing a fantastic third period comeback to save off elimination. Uh, the Blues ended up losing game seven in Calgary. I think it was two to one. Uh, they scored late. It was two nothing. They scored late to make it close, tried to come back again, but came up one goal short in their bid to make the cup final for the first time since their third year in the league. Uh, this, this game was amazing to me, but I, I've said this before. It never sat well with me that the greatest game in Blues history was in a series that we lost. That always yeah. bugged me to death. So it was all. So yep. personally, it was never my my favorite Blues game or the greatest Blues game to me because it, that the fact we lost the series takes it down a, a notch. It's still fan, still top five. It was still top three probably for me all time, but not the best. The best for me was the overtime game four sweep of uh, Chicago in '93. 
where Belfour lost his shit. And okay, it helps that I was at this game. Uh, but uh, okay, why this game doesn't get more credit for being like the best blues game of all time when you consider everything that went into this game and this series? Uh, Chicago, they were our arch rivals at what may have been the peak of the hated rivalry, to be honest. It was so bitter back then. At that time, there were fights in the stands. Uh, the fans hated each other. Uh, it was at a, it, the, the rivalry was at its peak as far as uh, that era goes. Uh, Chicago had the best record in the Campbell Conference that year and were a cup favorite. The Blues got in the playoffs on the last day of the season, uh, essentially a number one seed versus a number eight seed nowadays so david versus goliath and it was a fucking sweep uh it should have been one of the greatest sports moments in st louis history and certainly the in my opinion the greatest blues game uh ever up until that point so uh for some reason it doesn't get the full credit it deserves by a lot of people i mean it gets mentioned but uh before 2019 it was for me it was considered number one there's two that, and again, not not talking about 2019. There's two that come to mind for me, um, and you're going to mention one of the players here in your next uh, note for uh, today in Blues history. But um, is uh, 1999, right? Uh, Pierre yep. Turgeon, he uh, he, scored a big goal. he scored a big goal against the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, uh, that was great. Brad Fuhr had a big shutout in that game. We mentioned it when we interviewed yeah, uh, Mr. Fuhr on the show. Uh, that was, uh, to me, one of the best. I mean, because that because I also consider the Blues were down three to one in that series. And they came back. Uh, and, and Jim Schoenfeld, head coach of the Coyotes, who, by the way, has not coached in the NHL since. <laughs> well, you can't um, after that. He, Guaranteeing he, he a game? Guaranteed yeah. victory in game seven. <laughs> Jeremy Roenick had a uh, a broken jaw and still played. He came back to play in Game Seven. He wore that weird blues. that weird uh, uh, jaw protection thing on his helmet. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah, the Blues came back, and again they they went to overtime. Ricard Pearson takes the shot from the point. Pierre Turgeon scores the big goal, and uh, just jubilation. I mean, I I remember in St. Charles. And again, this is the first round of the playoffs. This goes to show how star Blues fans were for, for playoff success. Uh, the Blues won that game. I was in my house in St. Charles. My dad and I both ran outside, and there were people shooting off fireworks. I how, mean, it was a huge deal. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Uh, how does the Monday Night Miracle beat that game as far as, like, okay, so before 2019, obviously it was a home game. that changed. Okay, yeah, I, I, that, okay, but still, I mean, that shouldn't matter, uh, to be honest. It, it, it's the greatest game in Blues history. Uh, for so many, was the Monday Night Miracle. Great game, not knocking it, really, but there are there were better ones, and I don't think that's just me being my opinion. I think, my no. God, that game seven against Phoenix, that could easily be the top one. Um, I think oh, Monday Miracle is probably number three on the list. Go back and and again, maybe it's because in in that era, that's that's you know one oh. nothing era hockey. But for me, that's the time of hockey I love. I love defensive battles. So this was uh, this the, just a great game. And the other one I was going to mention was 2001. I've mentioned before my favorite game I've ever been to. Uh, Blue sweep in the stars and Eddie Belfour, your common denominator there. 
uh, he was the goalie for the Stars that time. So uh, Blues won that one. I think it was four to one. Uh, Chris Pronger scored a big goal in the third. Uh, Scotty Young scored an empty netter. And I remember literally, and I tell this story all the time, I remember just being a kid, and that was in the second round, going to the first time the Blues had gone to the third round since the Monday Night Miracle. And uh, I uh, I remember the guy next to me, we won, and I this guy, I was, uh, let's see, 2001, I would have been 16. Uh, and this guy's probably in his 50s. And I just reached over, and I hugged him and, like, picked him up out of his seat. And I was like, oh, my God, that's not my dad. My dad's on my right. This guy's on my left. <laughs> and so I, like, looked over after I, like, I set him down. And I looked at him like, I'm sorry. And he just goes, no, this is great. And, like, we just went nuts. And it was just the greatest thing ever. So those two games for me, yeah. at least in my fandom, I put those ahead of the Monday Night Miracle. Yeah, I, I mean, I get the nostalgic, uh, sentimental thing with Monday Night Miracle and then Wickenheiser. Uh, the the whole uh, emotion uh, attached to it with him, especially after he passed away, you know, because he had a, that's his biggest goal in his career. So, uh, but yeah, I uh, but yeah, that game's I mean, oh, that, that game seven against Phoenix, um, that uh, it's hard to top that one. And I and you mentioned that now I now I'm like, well, hell, maybe I maybe I bumped the the game four sweep against the Hawks down uh, to number two because of that. I mean, yeah. All things considered, being down three to one in the series, Schoenfeld guaranteeing the game, uh, Fuhrer pitching a shutout. The uh, story of oh, Fuhrer, him yeah. saying, "Just get me one, boys. It's all yeah. I need." Yeah, it's so much. I mean, I that, mean just, that literally is sending chills down my spine as I. What's speak. What's one of the greatest games in Rangers history? Game, uh, games, game six. What do you say? If we oh. win tonight, I guarantee we win game seven. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, well, no, didn't he? he yeah, he, yeah, he guaranteed it, and he scored a hat trick in that game. Well, he he said, uh, "Was it if we win tonight? I guarantee you, we win Game Seven, so or whatever." He guaranteed Game Seven win. I thought he just did he just, a hat trick. I thought he guaranteed a Game Seven win. Uh, I thought he. I thought there was a caveat. I thought I said, "Win tonight, I guarantee me, you win Game Seven. Look. I'm looking it up. Game Six guarantee. You're right. Let me yeah, look here. Yeah, he. Yeah, because he he said, "Win tonight, and I guarantee you, guarantee you." We win game seven. So, and that's essentially what, I mean, Fuhrer kind of did same kind of thing. He goes, uh, just get one, you know, guarantee we win. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Mer uh, Messier, uh, delivers on his guarantee. The New York Rangers will defeat the New Jersey Devils in game six of the Eastern Conference final, scoring three goals and a 4-2 victory in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That was games. That, his hat trick was in game, game six. six. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he, okay. All right. Uh, May 12th, 1956. Happy 65th birthday to Bernie Federico, which Jeff mentioned earlier on the show. Born 1956 in Foam Lake, Saskatchewan. Drafted first uh, in the first round, seventh overall in the 1976 entry draft. Inducted into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame in 2002, which was long overdue at the time. Uh, it was a while before he got in. Uh, still the Blues all-time leader in points with 1,073. Spent 13 years with the Blues putting up 352 goals, 721 assists. He also leads the Blues with the worst plus-minus in team history at a minus-123. Eric Brewer is sixth at minus-75. <laughs> Eric Brewer might be sixth in your programs, but he's number one in our hearts. I think average uh, <laughs> plus-minus uh, per season, if he played 13 years like Federico did, I think his plus-minus was something like 140-something. 
for the Blues. So he would yep. be he if he played 13 years here, if his if the averages played out, he would be the all-time plus-minus uh, leader in a bad way. Yep. Uh, May 12th, 1996. I should say friend of the show, Bernie Federico, when I said that. I always forget. Friend of the show. Friend of the shoe. May 12th, 1996. St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis Blues, the one and only St. Louis Blues, beat the Detroit Red Wings in Game 5 of the Western Conference Semifinals 3-2. Brett Hall got his 63rd career playoff goal and passed his father, Bobby Hall, and became the second Blues player with 100 playoff points. When Gretzky scored his last goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues in this game, Yuri Himalev got the game-winning goal in this game. This game was the game that got St. Louis all in a tizzy, if you remember this, Jeff. They had trailed two games and none in this series against Detroit, got whooped in game two, eight to three. Uh, and then they rattled off three straight wins, and this was the third of the three uh, So in overtime. So they coming home for game six, up three games to two, St. Louis thought they were going to the conference finals you saw on all, all the gas station marquees on this gold blues all the everywhere you turn everyone's put up gold blue, gold blue stuff it's fantastic the, the city just rallied around this this team as they stormed back in the series and but <laughs> detroit won game six four to two in st louis and then eisenman scored the legendary double overtime blue line goal on john mm. casey to win game seven one to nothing uh jeff do you want to take a stab at who was on the ice for the Blues? What line was on the ice for the Blues when Eisman scored his two-overtime goal? Now, we all know Gretzky flubbed the puck, didn't handle it properly, right? Uh, and Eisman took over. So we know he's on the ice. And I'll give you uh, – okay, so you go you – go can you name the rest? Yeah, take it was uh, shot. Gretzky. It was Gretzky, Zach Sanford, and Patrick Berglund. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, if Ruby was coaching, he'd find a way to put Zach Sanford in that game. <laughs> yep. even though, even though uh, the, it's it's like it's like 1984, right? I mean, we, <laughs> you look back, and Zach Sanford was the one that was on the ice at all times. Yeah, 96. Um, he was probably no. uh, what? He was probably uh, uh, what? 10 years old. I don't even. He I don't probably know. he's younger than that. Five years old. He I don't know. was about four. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say well, was the Gretzky line clearly, but. I don't know. I'll say Gretzky, Hemlev, and Anderson. Well, you're missing a player. Gretzky, oh. Hemlev, Anderson. I'm talking full. I'm talking the whole. I'm talking the defense and offense. Uh, now, Kenneth. No, now who tried to block? Who who stood up to block the shot? Oh, that's right. Uh, that was Murray Barron. Right. Who was his partner on With, that shift? Oh my God. Uh, was it McKinnis? Yes, it was. Hmm. So it was Gretzky, Corson, Hull, mm. Baron, and McInnes. Wow. That's a damn good uh, five players on the ice there. I know. I know it. So real quick, you mentioned Yuri Himlov. I just want to uh, – I, I don't know. In 300 episodes, maybe I've told this story. Real quick, when I was a kid, uh, the year after that – it was actually that summer – I remember uh, I was looking at a Blues roster. Uh, it was like listed in the newspaper for the next season, and Yuri Himlev was not listed on it. And I was like, "Huh, I liked that guy. What happened to him?" So I actually back it, and man, I am dating myself here. I wrote a letter to the Blues asking what happened to Yuri Himlev. Why is he not on the roster? And uh, about two weeks later, I got a letter back, and I even remember who it was still from. <laughs> Member of the front office, Renee St. John, 
who I still kept in touch, yeah. in touch with yeah. until I was uh, probably about 18 or 19. She was a very awesome lady who worked in the front office. She was the one who responded, and she literally said, I still have the letter somewhere. I should find it and, and post a picture. She said in the letter, uh, the Blues no longer feel that Yuri Hemlev uh, can compete at a level that they like. So we are paying him to not play for us. <laughs> that is how she worded it. Basically, we bought him out is all she had to say. Right. But, but she said we are you? paying him. We are paying him to not play for us. Right. How old were you though? <laughs> I mean, she's probably trying to. Uh, 96. I would have been 11. See, she's probably not bought him out. Maybe she thinks, oh, that might not make sense to 11 year old. He I might mean, I would have. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't like most 11 year olds. I understood what a buyout meant, but it's just funny. That's how she worded it. It was fantastic. You know what? That <laughs> that uh, response via snail mail. Uh, was quicker than the response we got back from the Blues via email for our inquiry about uh, what we had the other day. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it took, it how, took how many months? It was it was about three weeks, or uh, maybe a was month. It three even. weeks? It might have been a month. I feel like it was longer than that. It might have been a, yeah. Yeah, it might have a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, times have changed. Snail mail is faster than email. Yeah. Uh, we got some rapid fire hockey tidbits here. Uh, the Red Wings, their point leader this season, only scored two goals. How often do you see that? Who was it? Uh, I, don't, I had it up. Was early, it, right? uh, I'm going to guess Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, he had 20, he had a lot of assists. He had like 27 assists or something, but that's pretty hilarious. I actually yeah. uh, did not see that. No. Yeah. How, I mean, uh, for your leading point getter. For the Detroit Red Wings, let me open it up here. Their point, their point getter is uh, let's see, twenty two goals, twenty four assists. Philippe Ronick. So, wow, yeah. Ronick, huh? Yeah. Where's uh, man? What am I? Why am I not seeing? Oh, he only played nine games this year. Tyler Bertuzzi. He must have been. Yeah. They have a, I think he was hurt. Maybe Fabry. Anyway, was hurt, uh, is hurt. Dylan. Dylan Larkin, 44 games, only 23 points. That's kind of surprising. They're a bad team. They were really bad. Man, again, I know that people said that the Blues may not have fared well in that central. I think the Blues dominate that division with Tampa, even with all the injuries. That yeah. just, to me, was not a very and, – and I know Florida. Florida had a great year. I, I'm not going to take anything away from them. But Carolina did. I think – yeah, I, I think Blues are better. I think Blues could beat Florida. I think Blues could beat Carolina. I, I just, I think the Blues could have dominated that division personally. It's, it's going to be interesting because nobody has played outside the division. So it, it's so hard to, to determine who's better. It's like comparing different eras to see, oh, well, oh how, uh, how is, you know, or is better than Gretzky. It's different eras. How, how are you going to compare that kind of a thing? Um, and that's kind of what this is. Comparing teams against each other that have never played each other uh, this season. It's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting in, in uh, 2094 when um, the, uh, the, the, the St. Louis blues bring Brett Hall to the future and see how he plays in that division uh, against the slashers, because that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be really interesting to, to witness. Yeah. 
different eras, you know? <laughs> right. If you don't know what I'm referencing, you are not an old blues fan. <laughs> uh, Luke Henman becomes the first Seattle Kraken signing in franchise history. Their expansion draft uh, will take place on July 21st. So congratulations to Luke Henman. Trivia question. Well, another trivia question. Let's see if you remember it. Oh, God. Who was the first Vegas Golden Knight player? Do you remember that? I don't recall. I, don't I remember. I don't know why, and I don't think I'm going to remember the Kraken guy, but I am going to, for some reason, this name is stuck in my head. The first Vegas Golden Knight was Reed Duke. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't, wouldn't recall that, no. Similar thing to Luke Henman. He was just, huh. he was signed shortly after they officially became a franchise. And yep. I don't even think he's played an NHL game, but for some reason that name is stuck in my head. Reed Duke. It sounds like a Reed Duke. It sounds like a, a fake name for a hockey movie. Reed Duke. Tough guy. Sounds like a member of the mighty ducks. Yeah. One of the bash brothers or somebody out of major league. If we're talking baseball, Reed Duke. Best uh, friends with Roger Dorn. <laughs> the Coyotes uh, won't resign Rick, uh, head coach Rick Tockett. Uh, his contract expires June 30th. Got to think this hinge on the team not making the playoffs, right? I mean, had they gotten in, he'd likely have been retained, maybe. Uh, 57-year-old. Not Rick, even just not making the playoffs, just the way they ended the season. God. Uh, yeah, they tanked. 57-year-old uh, Taka was named as the Coyotes head coach on July 11th, 2017. In four seasons with the club, he led the Coyotes to a record of 125, 131, and 34 in 290 games. Last season, Taka led the Coyotes to the playoffs for the first time since 2012. So, But, again, that was that extended playoff weirdness. Yes, right. Um, true. Very true. Still, uh, you know, I, I think Rick Taka's a fine coach. I, I think he'll end up somewhere else land on his feet somewhere not, he will but that's that's not surprising after the year they had they they honestly i said this again I, i've said this every week for the last couple like last month or so they had no interest in making the playoffs the way they played that didn't is seem how like it, it looked it didn't seem like it yeah so i i think that's the right move for the coyotes you, you gotta start making a couple moves and get guys that'll play hard for you for a full 82 games uh, Rangers uh, fire head coach David Quinn after three seasons. The uh, new general manager, Chris Drury, fired coach David Quinn and three assistants, assistant coaches Wednesday after they missed the playoffs with one of the NHL's up-and-coming teams. The move is the first major one from Drury, who took over last week after the team fired popular president John Davidson and general manager Jeff Gorton to start the front office overhaul. So they Rangers have been in the news a lot lately for a team that's not going anywhere this season. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I I don't have a it's problem. The with, I mean, I think Quinn's had a. He's had yeah. Well, you've got it here. He's he's uh, he's had three years. I have no problem. They're ready to make the next jump forward. You know, they made a couple free agent signings. I think they're ready to to make the move to being a playoff and and maybe even a Stanley Cup contender in the next couple of years. I think they'll go out and get. A guy like a Rick Tockett, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but part of this makes me wonder if it's a complete overhaul after. It's like, you know what? We fired the team president. We fired the GM. Both those guys are the ones that brought in Quinn. Let's just get rid of him, too, and let's completely change everything. He uh, was 96, 87, and 25 during his three years in, in New York. 
Uh, Jack Eichel is on the trade block. <laughs> it's, it's just, but you know, Buffalo is such a shit show. Uh, they mm-hmm. uh, basically aren't letting Eichel get neck surgery <laughs> when he wants to get neck surgery. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, fuck you, uh, trade me. Um, so someone suggested, I don't know who it was, uh, a trade of Thomas, Cairo, and Dunn for Eichel. I don't, I don't think they included a draft pick. Um, I think they probably have to, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you, okay. As a, as a, as a, the, as Armstrong, do you do that move? Uh, Thomas, Cairo, and Dunn for Eichel? If assuming salary, we, assuming, concern, we, assuming, concerns we, me. assuming we retain done. Yeah, I know me too. That's, that's the problem. So you have to dump somebody else. Salary concerns me just because you'd be having a lot of money tied up in Tarasenko O'Reilly. Uh, you'd have to resign Eichel, uh, Pareko. I mean, all of these guys are making a lot of money. So it, it would, uh, the problem with getting rid of all three of those guys is that's three guys who are good and can play depth roles. If you need them to, Jack Eichel's a number one center. So you already have that in O'Reilly. I don't know. It. I just don't think it's a necessary move for the Blues. I think if if it's something Buffalo is willing to entertain, you at least consider it. But I don't know. I. It's not even a talent thing. I. You don't have to resign Eichel, though. Blues... Eichel is under contract for through 25-26. Okay, yeah. Well, still, I mean, he's making good money. So I just think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just think salary doesn't work. But I will say this is one of those instances where it's salary, I think, that stopped me from making that move. Because I think a lot of people would say, well, there's too much talent going the other way. And they, they're they great. And it would suck to lose that. But it's just you don't need a num- another number one center. I think Ryan O'Reilly still has a lot of good years left in him. So See, I just don't think it's a necessary move. Yeah, I mean, this you wouldn't bring Bozak back. You, uh, you, and you'd move Thomas and Cairo. You'd, you'd, you'd be losing some depth. But uh, and let's say you lose, you don't. Re- let's say you lose Dunn to Seattle. So if Dunn's going to leave anyway, essentially, then it's Cairo and Thomas for Eichel. Um, and then I guess Bozak you'd throw in there. It, it, that wouldn't be enough salary on its own either. So you have to you have to free up something somewhere else. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, and and sign the it. and sign the RFAs we've got. So, uh, who is uh, what we've got? Uh, Schwartz, you know, uh, that maybe you know, that might want to be resigned. Uh, Kairu's an RFA, well, he'd be gone. So, it's you got you got Hoffman, Barbashev, um, yeah, Hoffman, if you want to, I, Sanford. I just, I, <laughs> you would, unless, and I mean, if the Blues just tanked this year and fell apart, okay, maybe you consider that, but I think. The way they've bounced back, and plus, I mean, the the question you really have to ask yourself: How much better does Eichel make this team versus a Robert Thomas making this team? Yeah. I, and I, and I think that I'm not saying that Thomas is equal to Eichel. I'm just saying the roles they play. I don't know if Eichel is that much of a bigger importance to this team than than Robert Thomas will be. Well, let's see. Thomas makes uh, he's due for a raise. So this this year he's making uh, just under nine hundred thousand. So let's say let's say next year he gets a couple million. I say he's for he gets like two point something per season, two point five. Uh, it's like a four year deal or something. I don't know, 
probably more than that, right? But anyway, um, so is Eichel $7.5 million better or $7 million if it's $3 million, whatever it is going to be, uh, better than Thomas? Uh, I mean, and Cairo, because you're losing some depth too. I don't know. I mean, I Eichel's a great player. I, I mean, but I think losing some depth and uh, and and having a clear salary, and I think you're and you Vegas because they've had they've okay they they made the the Petrangelo acquisition and they had to rearrange their roster a bit. Still played great this year, but they've had cap issues. They had to play too short uh, the other night. Because they had cap they, issues, they played. They played three short a couple nights before that. So I, they, they played with uh, two less forwards and one less defenseman. I thought they the three. I thought they played. I, I thought they, were, they played one less was, a couple times, and then they played. I, I heard they played. Uh, I watched part of the game where they were too short. Something something else happened at the end of the season where they had to play three less. I think uh, it was like it was like a week ago. Was that when? Was that yeah. when uh, Martinez got hurt? And they couldn't, they didn't have time to bring somebody up. And they had two guys they had to pull out been, for salary, sure. too. I don't know. All I know is that I watched the game and I remember them saying they are less two forwards and one defenseman. And yeah. it's like, yeah, they, they couldn't do anything because they were strapped by the cap. And I, I don't want to see that with the Blues. I, I like having 18 players trust. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they're, they're still. They, they they were still winning games. They're still playing well. I just, I mean, how long do you keep it up? And you can't keep going to that well. I mean, right. Uh, I don't think that matters in playoffs. There's no, no. salary cap in the playoffs. So there's no. No, you'll players, always have 18 drafts. There, the well, playoffs. there's no, yeah, there's no salary in the playoffs. Players don't get paid in the playoffs. So there's, that's not an yeah. issue then. So, yeah, I, I did, do, does Buffalo make that trade? Would you want uh, you know Thomas, Cairo, and Dunn? Well, for... and again, the other the other question is: there's going to be thirty other teams that are probably interested in Jack Eichel services at the very least. Well, even a team like Pittsburgh would be like, "Yeah, we'll entertain that." The successor that's... to Sidney Crosby, why not? It's a ten million dollar contract, though. It's going to eliminate a lot of teams, a lot it of will. teams. But uh, I don't know, I. I I know I, I've seen uh, people it, say he's going to Boston for David Pasternak. I don't even think Boston makes that trade. Why would they do that? Yeah, I mean, I I I prefer Pasternak's style over Jack Eichel's. So it, I, I don't make that trade. Yeah, why would why would Boston do that? I don't I don't know. I don't think they would. But I'm just saying I I think you're going to see some pretty major offers. I think comparatively speaking, I think there's going to be a team willing to give up a lot to get a name like that just so they can sell tickets. You know Brad Marchand led them in scoring this year. Well, he's a good player. I he's a good he's player. A fucker. I he's a great he's player. He's a good player. 29 goals, 40 assists, 70, 69 points. Of course he gets 69 points. Of course he does. Uh um, Dick. Um, Bergeron had 48 and Pasternak had 48. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, that's weird. I, you, I, how much does he make? Pasternak. You vamp. I'm looking this up. Oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, the only thing I was going to vamp with is one more tidbit that was not mentioned. Okay. Stop vamping. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, go and, ahead. And Pasternak makes three and a half million less than Eichel too. That's a stupid trade. That's a yeah, dumb. I mean, why would they do that? 
I, I don't think they would. I think that's just fan talk. And Poshnok's uh, got three more years, oh, two more years after this year in a contract. Nah, I mean, whatever. Fans are weird sometimes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Tykeson talking about uh, Eichel. He's no 40-goal Hoffman. That is true. He is not. <laughs> Few players are. <laughs> oh, Bill is never going to live that down. Uh, I, I mean, I think he was riding the high of the Hoffman. Uh, oh, I don't blame news. him one bit. Yeah. I was excited. We were all excited. Yeah. And I, I thought I thought for a second maybe he forgot it was a shortened season. <laughs> I think he, that too. I and, really and, do think he thought and, that. And, and with that said, I thought, you know, okay. I mean – if we have a good season and him and Thomas are clicking. Yeah, okay. I I I'll that's a Listen, listen back to that episode. He he makes that claim and then you say right. like there's a pause and you say even in a 56 game season. I know, I know. And then and then even if you like watch the video, Bill kind of like you could see him kind of think like oh shit. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah. Yep." He's like, "Sticking to my guns. I got to do it." See, in a 56 game season, I would have said uh, if you would have said, uh, you know, 27 goals. I've been like, okay, that's that's That'd a number we can play with, right? That's a solid, yeah, right. yeah but 40 goals. Woo. I stand by it. If if he scores 40 goals between regular season and playoffs, I will buy Bill an authentic Mike Hoffman jersey. Right. Right. <laughs> so no, we'll I mean, sure. I mean, he's only he only needs uh uh 20 uh two more three, 23 more goals. We'll see. He needs we'll a double see. double his output plus six. <laughs> yep. In in the last game of the season. Oh, wait. Including well, playoffs, right? Doesn't including playoffs? Including playoffs, yeah. Yeah. That's uh mm, still my last know. point that, that I want to make for this show is uh uh something that I wanted to mention again at the end of NHL tidbits here. Uh for those who did not see, the Tampa Bay Lightning made history uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, they started three black forwards in their yeah. regular season finale against the Florida Panthers. Uh, they had uh, Daniel Walcott, which is his first NHL game. Uh, Matthew Joseph and um, is it Jamel or is it Gamel? I think it's Jamel. Uh, I err on the side of Jamel. Yeah, uh, they were out together for the opening faceoff, and they didn't even know that they were going to be starting the game until literally right before the puck dropped. Uh, Tampa Bay coach John Cooper, a St. Louis connection, by the way, used to coach St. Louis Bandits. Uh, he says, uh, first of all, they're all in the NHL for a reason. They deserve to be here and have worked their tails off to have them all together. They had a little chemistry moving forward in the league. You hope it isn't a story anymore and will be the norm. It was a pretty cool moment for all those guys. And 100%, I just, I loved seeing it again at the end of the, the regular season. Why not? If you have all three guys on the roster, do it. See what these guys got. You know, it's a huge moment for them. It's a huge moment for their families, and especially Daniel Walcott playing in his first NHL game. Uh, really, really awesome move by John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, uh, and again, to see those names go down in history. Uh, you know, a guy like um, – uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The first uh, – Willie, uh, Willie, Willie O'Ree. Yeah, Willie O'Ree. You know, when he first played in the NHL, do you think he ever thought he would see that? I mean, that's that's amazing and really cool. And kudos to Tampa Bay Lightning for making that happen. What John Cooper said about uh, hopefully this this kind of thing isn't news anymore uh, because that means it's the norm. That is exactly what I was going to say. Uh, 
when uh, Tony Dungy uh, became the first black uh, head coach in the NFL to win a Super Bowl, um, I, I they they made a uh, maybe it was the first black coach to coach in a Super Bowl. Either way, uh, it was a big deal. It was a story, and they kept talking about it. And I was like, and I, I thought about it. I'm like, this shouldn't be a story because it it should yeah. be it should be a norm. It shouldn't be that it's so rare. You know what I mean? It should it it should be like anybody else winning a Super Bowl because it's just it happens. You know, it's not rare. It's not first time. It's uh, and this is a perfect example. Uh, John Cooper's, uh, I mean, spot on. That uh, hopefully this kind of stuff uh, is not news in the future because that means it's just it happens all the time. So yep, hopefully we get there. Very cool, very cool moment. And uh, just again, talk about. Uh, History of the NHL. That's a that's that's something that um, will go down in the history books. Very cool. Uh, and that's all I've got for this show, Jeff. Anything else? Any more comments? Matthew, uh, uh, Andrew Tenkison says, "Has McDavid's stupid season on the talking points list?" Yeah, hundred and what is it? Hundred three points we, now. We talked about Dude's him last week. Last week we talked he about is him. Just, he's ridiculous. So, and uh, he also said Matthews hit 40. Uh, yeah, Matthews is is a different player than Hoffman, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think anyone is, uh, you know, it's not out of this world that he got 40. I mean, it's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, he did it. So, like, if Hoffman hit 40, that would have been, been much bigger news than Matthews hitting 40. I agree. Well, how about David Perron being a point-per-game player? Yeah, fifty. Uh, no. Oh wait, yeah, he got two points tonight, didn't he? And the the uh, he had three points tonight. Yeah, the uh, yeah this the site hasn't updated with points yet. So he had a fifty-five points in fifty-five games. Um, do you sitting tomorrow? No. <laughs> to be a point of game guy. I think. I you know think, what? Well, and you look at the you look at the roster. Let, let's look real quick. So only four guys have played in every game this season. Justin Falk, Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron. I think you play all four of those guys. Even if even if you just have them step out for one shift and go back and don't play the rest of the game, I think you let them play. I mean, that's a, a testament to them to play in every game this season with all the injury issues we've seen the Blues have. Yeah, but they rolled four lines tonight. They, they kept shifts short. They kept uh, the, the playing time down to not overwork the guys. So... I mean, if they dress them tomorrow and don't play them that much at all, it's going to tax their lines a little bit. But I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I get one playing every game is a, you know, is a badge of honor, I guess. But uh, shoot, uh, I don't know. I, I'd sit them. They played every game, rest them. I mean, I, I, I just, I think a guy like O'Reilly doesn't want to rest. Well, know? I don't care. I don't, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe, I mean, I maybe you consider it with a, a Falk, a Shin, and a Perron, but I think, I think honestly, O'Reilly's probably going to be like, no, let me play. I want to be out there. The, the Blues made their statement tonight. They don't have anything to prove against Minnesota tomorrow. They beat Minnesota. They won the season series. They whooped them last uh, uh, last night, tonight. Uh, I rest, rest your guys. I'm, I'm nothing to prove. I don't care if you want to play rest them uh, but yeah i'm sure he'll play i mean you got to have somebody play so but costum plays tomorrow i'm sure you know uh I, i'm surprised uh, uh well joshua is on the taxi squad right so i bet you i bet you he plays tomorrow yeah um 
Well, you got to figure, uh, right? I, I, they always expand the roster right before playoffs, right? Because I saw, I don't know if you saw the list of Boston Bruins scratch the other night, healthy scratches. I mean, it was oh, literally yeah. half the roster. But so, did they expand it? Because uh, I guess they did. But uh, they, why'd they send Joshua back to the taxi squad then? Why wouldn't they just have him have to stay up here? I wonder if taxi squad, they don't do the waiver thing with that at this point. I don't know. I have no idea. But all I know is it seems like rosters have already been expanded. Uh, But I could be wrong. Uh, We play uh, Minnesota tomorrow night. uh, Or if you're listening on Thursday, tonight. So uh, the game means nothing. uh, But uh, we'll we'll know who we play uh, when uh, Colorado plays L.A. tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Central. So I guess go Colorado for if you want to play the uh, Avalanche. And uh, Austin Lynch says, Ponder, meet me in the scored. After the show, of course. I will. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, if anybody else listening wants to join in the Discord server, it's lesclubboos.com slash Discord if you've never joined before. Uh, if you have, you're probably already hooked up. So, uh, Support for Let's Go Booze Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming products. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. And by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA. Visit rockin'thatidlife.com for more information. That's rockin'thatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curb, <laughs> a no-contact curbside pickup, or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're in there enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 35 of season nine, which is a uh, franchise episode number 301 all the time. Uh, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you to everyone who listened and watched over the uh, tonight, and we hope you've enjoyed this show as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Next time you see me, I will be a Ponder Cup two-time champion. Let's go team ponder and let's go blues. Why do I feel you're going to like be eating those words next show? <laughs> Good luck, sir. Good luck in the tournament. You too, Austin. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanus Board at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.